I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head, a safe place to hide a hurting heart, a gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. As usual, about this time of night, I'm sitting here in the big, comfortable, black leather poppet chair in my living room. Every few minutes, I can hear the Wonder Wench wind chimes. That's what I call the, the two notes that she usually sings in her sleep when she's having the kind of dream in which she is co-starring with George Clooney. They go, hmm, something like that. Only in a lady's voice, of course. Hmm. By the way, what is it with that guy Clooney? You know, his picture was on the cover of Time magazine a little while ago. Now, Ms. Winch usually doesn't spend much time with Time magazine, but when George's picture showed up in our mailbox, she instantly proved that there are more than 67 positions in which you can read a magazine. So that's okay, I guess, you know, but all at once? I keep telling her, you know, if you look closely, you can tell that George is not in shape anymore. I'll bet everything has gone so limp on him that he has to eat oysters just to snap his fingers. You know what? I don't think she even hears me when I say things like that. I told her no matter what he looks like, some woman somewhere is tired of his BS. (laughs) She didn't argue with me. She just ignored me. I hate ignorance. I don't think you should be allowed to send pictures like that through the mail. You know, a guy should feel safe around his own mailbox, not always looking over his shoulder to see if a picture of Clooney's going to pop out unexpectedly and, and make you look bad. Bill, the, the mail guy, is a friend of mine, and I, I said, listen, next time you put a picture of Clooney in my mailbox, put a copy of the Victoria's Secret catalog in right next to it, will you? You know, let all the Victoria girls sweat all over him. It might make the colors on his picture run a bit. And then maybe it'd look a little bit more like me. I really love watching my lady sleep, making her wonder wenchy wind chime, you know. Ding dong. Mm-hmm. Only in a lady's voice, of course. It's a beautiful sight, and it's a lovely sound. When she first came to live with me, she was kind of a fitful sleeper. She had a lot of bad dreams. And now she feels safe because she knows I'm going to take care of her. You know, that's a huge compliment when a woman feels she can trust you enough to sleep with you. Trust is a big thing. I think homeless people must feel most terrified when they have to go to sleep alone on a street. You're helpless when you're sleeping. It could be a nasty world out there. You go to sleep and you wake up most naturally under uh, what the experts call your body clock. And everybody has a different kind of a body clock. I've always been a late night guy. Wonder Wench used to stay up nights listening to me when I was on the air on the late night schedule, but she's really more she's more of a morning person. She says the early bird gets the worm, and I say, Who the heck wants to eat worms? <laughs> Of course, if you're a night guy and your working schedule makes it necessary for you to get up early in the morning anyway, you better swap your body clock for an alarm clock, which I've had to do. And I I really hate my alarm clock. 
When it goes off, I want to smash it against the wall and snarl and say, don't tell me what to do, buddy, you know, and dive back under the covers. And sometimes I just turn it off and go back to sleep, which has caused me problems. <laughs> Makes you late. So Wonder Wench got me a weird little alarm clock that is called a clocky. When it goes off, seriously, you have 30 seconds to turn it off. And if you don't, it has two little rubber wheels on the bottom. And it rolls right off the nightstand and scoots around your room. And it rings louder and louder till you catch it and turn it off. And smash it against the wall and snarl, don't tell me what to do, buddy. <laughs> it's, it's a weird little thing. With all the stuff on the TV news about the high-class call girls lately, I, I've been wondering about how the sleeping part of that stuff works out. I mean, those girls are very expensive. You know, I guess you could say they get paid for sleeping on the job. But you know what? I really hate how the news media grinds a story like that into the ground. And I spend a lot of time in the media. Let me give you a little insider tip on what it's all about. It's called money. Now, some of their top air people honestly care about telling us what's going on, because I know some of those people. But... They must never let conscience or good taste get in the way of, that's right, the money. Fair, balanced, and unafraid is baloney. In fact, it's recycled baloney. It's all about ratings, and don't ever forget that. That's where the money is, the ratings. And I really don't think there's much difference between a woman who doesn't let conscience or good taste get in the way of money or a media person does the same thing. I mean, in bed or with a TV camera, what's the difference? Wedding vows deserve respect, no question about it. But you know what? Hypocrisy only deserves contempt. Dicks to tails. Bunch of totally unimportant things for you to stuff in one ear so you can squeeze the important things that are keeping you awake out the other ear and you can nod off comfortably to sleep. Ancient Greek doctors prescribed music to stop hangovers. If you've ever had a hangover, you will understand what I mean when I say if you play music loud enough the morning after, you probably won't ever do that again. So maybe they were right. Former Doobie brother Jeff Skunk Baxter now advises Congress on the nation's missile system, which makes me feel ever so secure. There is now a combination, this is true, there's a, now a combination iPod and toilet paper holder called the Icarta. Music to our rears, I guess. Dicks to tails, they take your mind off your mind. I'm a Louie Louie generation guy. I guess you could call me kind of a, a Rip Van Wrinkle. And one of the things that I want to do with my life soon, while I can still do these things, is to produce and record a couple of personal audio story CDs about the difference between hookers and a mistress. A friend of mine, he's a very intelligent guy, and we were talking about this situation, and he, and he said he didn't see any difference between a hooker and a mistress. And that, that freaked me out. So I asked a couple of other guys I know, and, and incredibly, I got pretty much the same response. I'm pretty sure some of these guys have been to hookers or call girls. But as far as I know, none of them ever had a mistress. I've never been to a hooker or a call girl, but I had a mistress. And the experience changed my life. 
and hers. It was hurtful to some people who shouldn't have been hurt, and I've always been sorry about that. But it's beautiful, too, full of life and very happy. I got a start on my project with a personal audio CD album called Love Comes When You Least Expect It. Here are a couple of the chapters. This is a story about two pilots and a normal human being. It's also a story about trading a life full of trust for a moment of truth. There are no heroes or villains, but unfortunately, there are winners and losers. Now, before you pass judgment on any of these people, please stop for just a moment and think, what would you have done under the same circumstances if nobody would have ever found out? Until tonight, I thought trust and truth went together like mom and apple pie or beauty and the beast. But tonight, your beast touched another woman, my love. We really are like beauty and the beast. You are so lovely. I've never lied to you before. But how can I tell you? How can I trade your trust for this truth? I won't have to tell you. You'll know. You'll hear it in my voice first. Then you'll see it in my eyes. That's the way it always has been when something goes wrong. I know what beauty loves about this beast. It's the absolute concentration on our love. I used to watch you so carefully in the moonlight that the night turned purple around you. Your sleeping face became so beautiful, so supple. You lit every cell in your body with the warm golden light that you feel inside. You always slept so close to innocence, especially after we made love. Most nights your skin has a scent of yellow and blue wildflowers mixed with smoke from a hardwood fire about it. And those are the nights when beauty wants to make love with her beast. And now it's only a question of time until you know. A question of time, 10 minutes. That's all it was, just an ounce of loving that I gave her, a drop of concentration from the ocean that belongs to you. How many Christmas Eves full of homemade presents? How many children's questions? How many laughs and tears have we shared, my love? How long have you been my beauty, my woman, my trusted friend? Not touching you now would be a sin against the God who gave us to each other. Until tonight, I thought trust and truth went together like beauty and the beast. Now, if I ever trade your trust, my love, for this truth, how will I ever touch you again? How will I ever touch you again? How could a man who calls a woman my love ever be unfaithful to her? And if he is unfaithful, even only once, can she ever have faith in him again? And just as important, can he ever regain his faith in himself? How could a thing like that happen? It was midnight. It was windy. 
It was cold. The coffee was so old that it tasted like it had a crust. There was a familiar smell of aviation gas and dust hanging over the old brown cracked leather couch in the pilot's lounge. You know, most people think of airports, they think of JFK or O'Hare or LAX. Airports, their destinations. But this was just a fuel stop runway in the middle of a trip. A trip that had 500 more miles to go in a little four-seat airplane that was getting bounced around pretty badly on a raw, nasty, dangerous, icy night. It should have meant 50 more gallons of gas for the plane and about 10 minutes of rest for the pilot. There was just enough light from an old green shaded lamp to trace the out-of-place tinkle of dangle earrings flickering under long, shining, soft brown hair. She had a soft voice, quick smile, warm laugh. She was slowly running her fingers through her hair when one of her fingernails clicked against some uncomfortable clasp that slowly came undone. She was instantly vulnerable, warm, unprotected. Every mysterious woman I've ever met. She became a quick question mark in the long, everyday story of our lives, my love. You were so far away. There were 500 miles of black winter wind and deadly ice between us. And her soft lips were smiling close enough to feel her breath on my cheek. I know trust is forever. I know dreams are for lifetimes. But temptation is a moment out of time. So it has no respect for all of our years. Happened in an instant. The stranger became a lover. You became a stranger, my love. That's part of a story from the personal audio CD called Love Comes When You Least Expect It. If you like it, you can just keep this podcast. Or if you'd like a fresh copy, just go back to DickSummer.com and download it from the CD Baby icon. Whatever works for you. Before the Sandman strikes, the seemingly invincible Summer Stumper has been solved. It is the simple question nobody has been able to answer for a couple of weeks now. What is it without which an airplane cannot fly but is of no value to the airplane? The answer is not air. It's not the pilot, it's not lift, it's not the runway, it's not electricity. What is it without which an airplane cannot fly but is of no value to the airplane? Well, an email was waiting for me at dick at dicksummer.com this morning. And it was from the fabulous Melissa Butler, proud podcast participant Melissa. It said, quote, your clue was a bell. It made me think of the sound that you get when you call a flight attendant. Maybe it's just sound. Bingo, as they say in church. Every plane makes some sound in flight. Even a glider makes a sound as it moves through the air. So it's sound, without which an airplane cannot fly, but is of no value to the airplane. And congratulations to Melissa. I'm going to send her one of the personal audio CDs as a prize. And if she is ever in my neighborhood, she is welcome to a sightseeing flight in my little airplane. We will have another Summer Stumper next time. (music) 
strange thing happened to me when that empty suit politician was standing in front of the TV cameras, resigning over getting his hand and, and other parts caught in that lady's cookie jar. His wife was standing beside him, looking pretty stressed. Tough deal for her. My lady wench looked at me while we were watching, and she said an unusual thing, unusual for her anyway. She said, I wouldn't stand next to you if you had to admit that. Then she just kind of quickly looked down at her needlepoint, and I knew that it was senseless to talk about it, right, at least at that moment. But a little while later, I just said, I think you would. And she understood, and she began to cry. I don't like to hear her cry. I like that little wonder wench wind chime sound she makes in her sleep much better, you know. Hmm. Only in a lady's voice, of course. Because that is the sound I want to hear the night we go to sleep together, and it turns out that it will never be necessary for me to chase Clocky around the room again because we've run out of our time together. Because I'm going to need to hear it loud enough and clear enough to, to help us find each other again. Time to tuck you in now. I'm Dick Summer, and I hope you'll come back soon for a gentle place to fall. Quiet place to rest your head. Safe place to hide a hurting heart. Nice and easy now. Couple of deep breaths, come on. There you go. Just one more. That's better. All the way to sleep. All the way to sleep. Good night.